Hey everyone, it's Rich Bennett, host of Conversations with Rich Bennett, bringing you an exciting chance to win with our latest giveaway sponsored by Tar Heel Construction Group. Get ready to make a splash just by tuning into the podcast. Yes, you heard that right. While you're soaking up our latest episodes, listen closely for a special splash sound. When you hear it, remember the episode name. Here's what you do next. Shoot us an email at podcast at harfordcountyliving.com with the episode title. Each splash sound means a new chance to win. So the more you listen, the better your chances. If you don't have email, then just leave a voicemail from our website at conversationswithrichbennett.com. What's the prize? How about a brand new waterproof Bluetooth speaker? Perfect for listening to our episodes, whether you're in the bath, on the beach, in the pool or on the go. You have until the end of May to send in your entries and we'll announce the lucky winner on June 3rd. Don't miss out on this splashy opportunity brought to you by Tar Heel Construction Group. Dive into our episodes and win big. So during this pandemic, I've had the opportunity to talk to a few people about their business and what they do, how they're coping with this. And we've gotten some great tips and ideas for other people to be able to you know, um, I guess make it through this. I have not talked to anybody from a church yet, and that's what I wanted to do. So on this episode of Harford Candy Living with Rich Bennett, I decided to contact one of my co-hosts, somebody that's actually co-hosted this with me several times, and talk to him to see how his church is doing. And also to find out about the trivia night that he does on Sunday nights and if he had any plans for that. Stay tuned. I've had some people ask me about the recording of the podcast, how I've been doing it, especially now that I'm not doing it in person. Well, I found this great website, and this is what I use. And this way I can still have video where I can see my guest. So we got the face-to-face, even though the video is not being recorded. The audio is. And it's great because that way you still have that personal feel. That's called Squadcast. That's right, Squadcast. It's a platform that connects podcast hosts, co-hosts, and guests to record studio-quality audio from anywhere. I'll have a link for it right down there in the show notes. But if you get a chance, you want to record podcasts, and you still want to be able to see your guests, this is the perfect way to do it. Welcome to Harford County Living with Rich Bennett. My name is Karen Dubois from Sleep in Heavenly Peace, Harford County Chapter. We're the nonprofit that makes beds and donate them to kids who are sleeping on the floor in Harford County. Each week, you will hear roundtable discussions and interviews with people that have ties to Harford County, Maryland, and learn something new that will leave you wanting to know more. Here's your host, professional DJ, entrepreneur, podcaster, and an all-around nice guy who takes the time to show us what's going on in Harford County. The man himself, here he is, Rich Bennett. The reason I wanted to get you on separately is I've been talking to a couple business owners to find out how they're coping, how their business is coping with this uh, coronavirus pandemic. And I figured, you know what? I need to find out how the churches are going to. Hmm. Do I know a pastor from a church? Wow. Yes, I do. So <laughs> I figured got to get Adam on because if anything, because you, when it comes to technology, you know what you're doing. And I figured you're doing stuff. Well, I know you're doing stuff, but tell everybody what you're actually doing and how it's affecting the church first well, of all tell everybody what what the name of your church is i'm sorry i'm adam schellenbarger i'm the pastor of joppa town christian church i'm not sure how useful talking to me uh, about churches is because we're such an unusual church i think but um one way or the other i don't know we know each other so we can talk about it i can tell you about lots of different churches because i've been seeing what other churches are doing too but um Right. Yeah, it's it's been a it's been a really weird time. Um I think that's that's the number one thing that I've been talking to most people about is just how unusual this is. You know, 2 months ago we had heard rumblings about this virus that was coming and I think most people thought it was going to be 
kind of like SARS or whatever, there would be a few hundred deaths and it wouldn't really affect our daily lives. And, and then all of a sudden it was something where, Oh man, this is something that we're all going to be having to pay attention to. And it kind of came up quickly. I, we had our service Sunday morning. Um, we had our service Sunday morning. And then at one point we ended up having, um, well, I, I host a trivia game on Sunday nights and we ended up not having the trivia game Sunday night. So it was one of those things where decisions were being made quickly and cancellations mm-hmm. were coming quickly and um, we had to try to get into gear as, as fast as possible. So through some of my early reading of the disease, um, I could tell that one of the dangers was if you don't know you have it, you can still spread it even if you're not right. showing symptoms. So my first move was to try to set up a team of volunteers to respond to needs because uh, if people needed to get out of the grocery store or get to the grocery store, but they were potentially sick or had to be quarantined for 14 days or whatever, I felt like if we had a bunch of people who were able to go out and get stuff and bring it to them, that would probably be uh, useful. So right. Now, back at that time, um, before we understood a whole lot about what was going to come our way, the the stuff, the understanding that we had out of the, the stuff that was going on in Italy and China was people under the age of like 50 are essentially maybe not immune from carrying the virus, but immune from ill effects. And I think we've seen now that that's not that's exactly not the case. case. Yeah. Um, but... My goal, my thought was, okay, get a bunch of young people together to essentially serve the older population. So we have currently on that list 37 different um, people. Right. And Volunteers, you mean? Volunteers, yeah. 37 volunteers. Truth be told, we haven't had that many needs to meet in Joppa Town. Um, and that's one, that's one of the things that I also decided was I thought that the Joppa response team should serve Joppa. Uh, we didn't want to spread the virus all around the County. Uh, not that we don't care about other parts of the County, but it was the kind of thing where it's like, okay, this is the community and that we're responsible for. If calls are coming in all the time, you know, even if we have 37 people who are somehow able to respond to needs 24 seven. We can't have people running all over the the state um, because then the people who are right next door might not be able to get what they need quickly. So it's just easier if communities serve their own communities, especially during a a pandemic when, in theory, you you don't want people hopping from one place to another place to another place kind of willy nilly, especially when. You know, the people who would be getting these things would be going into supermarkets, going into pharmacies, potentially going in with people who are infected and mm-hmm. so on and so forth. So um, we haven't had a ton of calls. Everything that we've had come through, we've been able to meet. And most of it hasn't been uh, exactly what I thought we signed up for. Um, a lot of people have called that number with just varying requests. I helped a woman. Um, she wanted bed slats put on her bed and really what it was, was her bed frame was slanted. So a friend and I went over and we fixed her bed frame for her and we put her box spring on. And then we had to go to the dollar store and buy, um, no slip, um, like shelf lining. And that way we just put that down on her bed and put the mattress on top and she wasn't sliding around anymore. And that worked out fine. So it was just weird stuff like that. But that was step one. Um, That was something that I wanted to do as quickly as possible, because I figured even though, you know, and and we still might have to use that response team more. I mean, this thing, who knows how, how this is going to go. I finally have known somebody who's needed to quarantine in the last two weeks. It took a while to get there, but more and more people I think are, are potentially at risk of showing symptoms and, not being able to get out to the grocery store. So that might still be coming. Um, But after that, the next hurdle that I had to figure out was how to move 
a, a ministry where we would get together every Sunday morning and we're a small church. We have about 50 people on a Sunday morning, how to get all of those people who many of whom are older and aren't really great at technology, how to get all of them still connected, even though we're all in different places, experiencing life at different times and, you know, just kind of separate from each other without the ability to hold seminars or do anything like that saying, Hey, in preparation of all of this, um, this is what comes next. And so my job title is still preacher, but (laughs) it turned into kind of like tech support slash video producer slash, you know, all kinds of stuff like that. sort of overnight. Um, one of the things that I try really hard to do in my church is our Sunday morning services. I don't want them to be the Adam Schellenbarger show. Right. I hate that. Like if I'm the only one who's up there, it just kind of seems like we should just get over it and stop calling it Joppa Town Christian church and call it Adam Schellenbarger Christian church. But I don't want that. Um, and so I try to incorporate other people, but in a time like this, it's really, really difficult and um, a lot of the things that we have incorporated, people have been sending me uh, videos and stuff at like two o'clock in the morning, <laughs> uh, <laughs> three o'clock in the morning. I'm like, guys, I need this earlier. But so we've, we haven't had a whole lot of uh, community input on our videos. But one way or the other, we're, we're just kind of getting it done. Um, we don't have rights to to stream music on right. YouTube or anything like that. We don't have a license for that right now. So I, I've, uh, it, that's actually been a benefit, I think, for a lot of people because one of the things that we have uh, fights about, not real big fights, but just kind of preferences, I guess, is the style of music that we play. And so the very first week I told people, okay, pause this video and go listen to whatever music you, you want hymns, go listen to hymns on YouTube or you know, you want contemporary worship music, get on Spotify, listen to whatever music you want to listen to. You don't want to listen to music at all. You want to draw, draw. I don't care what you do. As long as it's worshiping God, do whatever you want. You have complete freedom. And then when you're done, unpause this video and come back. Um, so that's been really good. That's a good idea. Yeah. I mean, I, I just feel like that's introducing something that's more complicated than it needs to be. Um, if we try to do anything else and nobody wants me to sing to them on YouTube, that's for sure. So, so I think you're, you're recording it first and then posting it to YouTube. Yeah. So I've been trying to record it by Thursday or Friday, most weeks that gives me time to edit if I need to. And one thing that I've been pretty adamant about since the beginning of my ministry is displaying the text of the Bible mm-hmm. on the screen. So that's something that I'm still doing. It's just, I have to go back and listen to my sermon and put the Bible in when I get to the next verse and so on and so forth. But a lot of people don't have access to Bibles. A lot of people, well, they, they have access to them, but maybe they don't feel familiar to the, with them. Uh, maybe they right. don't feel familiar using a phone app or something like that. And I want to make sure that people know I'm using the text of the Bible. I'm not making this stuff up. So I just say, this is what the Bible says. And if you want to go check, you can go check. Um, but I make sure that people know this is this is what the Bible says so that you know I'm not trying to pull the wool over your eyes or anything like that. Um, it also gives me an opportunity to put screens on for announcements, telling people about the Joppa response team, if they have needs or if they want to join in with our efforts. Um, it just gives an opportunity to kind of have some things under control. But the other yeah. thing that happens with that is uh, what would normally be an hour long service becomes like a 35 to 45 minute YouTube video. Um, my sermon tends to be about 25 minutes plus announcements, plus scripture reading, plus we do communion every week. Um, and that's always fun because I told people you probably don't have something that looks like a wafer and, you know, grape juice or something. So the first right. week I used, uh, you know, one of those orange cheese and peanut butter crackers and grape soda. And I told people, you know what? I think in the times that we, we ha- we're living in right now, 
think Jesus can deal with it. It's not ideal, but this is what we, we have. So this is what we go with. Exactly. I I used, Oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, if you're, if you're limited to what you can use, you make the best of it. Yeah. I actually used a a passage in the Bible uh, where Jesus talks about when Jesus's disciples have kind of gotten dinged by the Pharisees of the, the, uh, you know, the teachers of the law. Uh, because they're picking grain to eat on the Sabbath day. They're just walking by and kind of absentmindedly picking grain and popping it in their mouths. And the really legalistic teachers of the law say, hey, they're technically working on the Sabbath day. They're not supposed to be doing that. And Jesus kind of goes back to them and says, you know, don't you remember this time when David was leading a group of men And they ended up in the temple and they were really, really, or not the temple, but they ended up in the equivalent of the temple and they were, um, they're really, really hungry. They had no food to eat. And so they ended up eating the consecrated bread because God cares more about life than he cares about ritual and ceremony. So I used the same kind of reasoning and said for communion, I don't think it's necessarily about what it is that we're putting into our mouths. Now, the Catholics that I know would probably disagree with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but we have a different understanding of communion, and that's fine. I, I presume that they're still able to get the host and things that are blessed by a priest and everything like that. But our understanding of communion, it's not so much about what you're putting in your body. It's about remembering what Christ did for us on the cross, the fact that he died for us and that he rose again in three days and so on. And I told people, as long as you're doing that, I'm happy. We do that every week. So that's really great. Uh, Now, since, since your services are on on YouTube, do you have that link to your website as well? Yeah. So I I link, um, Oh, I'm sorry. You know what? I I didn't finish my thought there. We take, Yeah, we take an hour-long service. We condense it into like 35 to 45 minutes. But the other thing is, for me, for me personally, that takes something that would normally be an hour, and it stretches it to many, many more hours of editing and uploading and processing and putting the announcements on this, you know, and all that stuff. So that's been interesting for me. Um, it's much easier. Now you to know edit. what I go through all the time with these podcasts. Exactly. Oh, I understand. That's why I always let you edit them. <laughs> it is a lot of work uh, without a doubt. And, uh, but you know what? It, it could be fun too. And at least when I'm doing the podcast, cause I have to listen each time I do it i listen to it a few times as i'm editing and it's funny how i still i pick up different things and it's helping me learn more right i so with one of them i ended up editing and i was like wow that sermon was terrible so i ended up taking it down and i i did a new sermon and um a lot of people liked that sermon that week. They were like, oh, it was a great sermon. I was like, yeah, it was a lot better than the first one I put up there. So that's an advantage because I don't normally have the ability to take back what I preach about on Sunday morning. Right. Um, but to answer your question, so I upload it to YouTube. I link to our website, but also I embed the video on our website and link to the to the YouTube channel. So we kind of have okay. a two-way street. and. Um, We'll just kind of, however people want to consume the content, it's there for them. It's always on our YouTube channel. And if they want to, it's always on the front page of our website every Sunday. I usually get it done around like one or two in the morning. And so I just set it to go live at 8 a.m. And uh, if they pop on at like 7.59, it shows a gray video screen and they're confused. And I usually get called and it's not working. And then I'm like, wait two minutes. I'm going back to sleep. And uh, then then it pops up for them. Yeah, how's the viewership been on it? Um, it's a little bit lower than I would have thought. I think a lot of churches are doing Facebook Live and things like yeah. that. And Facebook Live, in my opinion, that's hard to gauge whether or not people are actually watching. Um, it is. 
So for YouTube, I at least can see people who have chosen to click play on a video. And the numbers have been down, but also it's hard for me to gauge. If we have a family of, say, four, we would count them as four on Sunday morning. But if they're all gathering together to watch on Sunday morning, those four might just be one. Um, and then if we have another family that has six people and then they're gathering together, those six become one. So 10 people yeah. might become two. So it's really hard for me to figure out whether or not people are, uh, whether or not our viewership is is down, whether or not people are consuming the content or not. So that's been something that I've been trying to do, calling people and connecting with them and saying, hey, are you able to access this? I'm not trying to give you a test on what I said this Sunday or anything like that, but are you able to access this content? Is everything going okay? And for the most part, uh, it seems like most of our church is watching. Most of our church is watching on Sunday morning um, and they're able to get the content. And it's, you know, it's been kind of business as usual with the exception of where we are and the right. fact that we can't talk to each other that day. Um, now we can, uh, we could do like a YouTube premiere and have a chat next to us and or, you know, there are other options, like there's a, a whole business, not even a business because it's free, but there's a whole platform called Church Online where you can set up a video like I did and just have it play and you can have people chatting and taking prayer requests and things like that. Um, but one of the, the things that I've noticed is people are just kind of getting to it when they get to it in their daily routine. So they right. may be talking to their family. They might be having breakfast and whatever, and then they want to sit down. So it becomes something where instead of dressing up and going to church, they're still doing the same kind of thing, but it's Just different times. Right. And so to do something on Facebook Live or have a, a premiere where you're chatting like that, I think it kind of takes away from that. And to be honest with you, the way that I'm doing it is the easy way out. I mean, I. I have a lot of respect for churches that are doing Facebook live and church online and all that stuff. That's harder. Um, yeah. And, and I have a lot of respect for the churches who are continuing to meet that way. And there are advantages to that for sure. But for our church, this seems to be working. Okay. Um, well, and that's the other thing too, with Facebook live, I, I would think it'd be harder because you're so used to talking to a group of people that you can see right and through facebook live it's you're you're not seeing them they're seeing you but i don't believe you're seeing them i don't think so yeah. um it's not like the facebook messenger chat you know where you can video call a bunch of different people right yeah and that's one thing that like tonight we're gonna have our first zoom bible study. We've never done that before we've we've done zoom and we've done Bible study and now we're gonna try to do that together. but I'm already anticipating that's gonna be kind of you know difficult and yeah something that we're maybe not gonna I, I don't know we're gonna have to try to get used to it but um i I will tell you for my purposes, preaching to a cell phone camera is terrible. Like yeah. I, I really, really dislike it. I'll tell a joke and it's like, I'm there on Sunday morning cause nobody laughs, but like <laughs> there's not even like the usual pained expression of Adam, come on, that wasn't funny, which makes me feel like, is that joke going to not land in the way that I expect it to not land? Um, so it's been it's been difficult and it's been stilted and awkward. And it's funny because because what happens with me is I've already preached through my sermon on Sunday morning. So I don't want to watch myself. So I get to go to church and I get to go to church wherever I want to in the country um, or in Joppa Town. I've, I've gotten to check out some churches in Joppa Town, too. Uh, but I've also checked in on some friends of mine that, you know, I, I've known throughout the years and I one guy who ended up ordaining me into ministry. Um, I watched him and I was just like, Oh man, this is not his usual rhythm. This is not his usual style at all. I know yeah. that for sure. And, um, 
it's been a lot of fun watching that just because I think we're all kind of going through the same thing. It's not the same. It's not the same when you you're preaching into a camera as it is when you're talking to a group of people. But. Here, I'll I'll give you a little tip for your for your jokes. Okay. So you'll feel more comfortable on your computer. Just download some laugh tracks. <laughs> <laughs> when you tell your joke, play the laugh track. There you go. <laughs> See, but that would be so unrealistic because nobody ever laughs when I tell a joke. You, you're, and it is. It's even like uh, the other day when I was recording a podcast with uh, the one author, Debbie Jennings, and she read one of her poems, which, I mean, I was rolling. But we could we could see each other through the program we were using. And it, right. it just, it makes, you're right. It makes it so much easier when you can see and, and hear the response. That's why, I mean, you see some of these comedians getting on trying to do some stuff. It's like, without the laughter, how can you? Yeah. It, it's, it's hard. Yeah. It's Which, been, I, oh man. And it's been interesting for me to try to gauge that coming the other way. So a lot of what we've talked about so far has been what I'm trying to do to stay connected to my congregation during this time. But also, I have to imagine that my congregation in many ways feels disconnected from other people in the congregation and from me. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, you know, we have a lot. Our, our congregation is pretty tight knit, but we're pretty tight knit on Sunday morning. And then... You know, a lot of times we kind of do our own thing and then we come back on Sunday morning. We have certain events throughout the year and everything like that. But for me, I've seen a lot of churches who are doing things like, you know, Town Baptist is uh, they had like a virtual bake off where they baked stuff and they took pictures of the things that they were baking. And now they're doing like a pet picture contest and stuff like that, which is cool. It's yeah. just not really the the culture that my church has online. And so it's yeah. one of those things where I'm like, are you guys okay? I, I, <laughs> I just presume that if I'm not hearing anything, you're fine. But then in a time of such uncertainty, it is kind of tough to not hear from people and see people every week. And um, I was going to say, do, um, are you in touch with them through Facebook? I'm in touch with people in like a thousand different ways, just kind of. You know, there are some people who they don't really want a call. I don't think um, right. there are other people who do. There are people who just an email is fine. There are people who I haven't heard from at all um, who actually probably would appreciate a call. And I should probably do a better job about that. There are some people that I can just text. Um, it's It's just one of those things where, you know, I'm trying to balance out having to take on all these new roles with video editing and preaching and multiple takes and stuff like that. And also checking in on people and also managing this Joppa response team and also coming up, you know, I've gotten a couple other calls from like the school board wanted me to do something for them. And mm -hmm. uh, somebody wanted me to write a trivia game and that kind of stuff. So I've had like a lot of stuff to keep me busy and occupied. I, act I did a wedding um, at one point in quarantine. Really? Yeah, that was fun. We, uh, a couple of my church, they were kind of ended up quarantining together and they were like, well, we're not married and we'd like to be, I think at this point, because there's not much else to do. Um, so we, uh, I went over to their house and we all tried to do as much social distancing as we could. And I set up my laptop and my phone and we ended up doing the wedding on Zoom um, so people could join in and, and watch and we recorded the thing and everything. But that was really cool to be able to have that moment and just get to celebrate with them, even though it was such a weird time. Um, yeah. and Speaking, I mean, speaking of weddings, were they able to get their wedding cert certificate? Their yeah. Wedding license, I'm sorry. Yeah, they were. So they, what they ended, uh, what they ended up doing was they contacted the courthouse, and the courthouse, I think, made an appointment with them and said, "You're going to end up coming here, and you're going to do this thing, and just the two of you come." And um, so they were able to get everything. I think they got it on like a Monday or a Tuesday. Okay. And then once you get that. 
uh, one you get three copies of yeah. your marriage license. You get the one you keep, you get the one that I keep, and then you get the one that the county puts on file that I right. end up having to mail. So yeah. as far as the county is concerned, they may not be married yet. I presume they are by now. Um, but like it takes hold whenever I sign. So, and I, you know, personally, I think the wedding takes hold whenever God ordains it, but, um, you know, it's just one of those things where, yeah, everything's kind of business as usual, except for the fact that I think they had to call and make the appointment and probably had to wear a mask or something when they went into that building. Um, yeah, because I never thought about that. I mean, I know we've had weddings canceled, but I heard of, you know, some people are still getting married, and I, that never dawned on me about how, how do they get their wedding, you know, their marriage certificate, marriage license, because I thought the courthouses were closed, and and I would, God, I would hope they would be. Well, they have to be open for stuff like that. Yeah, I think it's Probably limited staff. Right. Yeah, I think it's a skeleton crew. But now here's a tricky question. You're <laughs> you're probably gonna tell me to shut up after I ask you this. Have you thought about doing a trivia night online? I have thought about doing a trivia night online. Okay. Um so for those of you who are listening who don't know, uh I love trivia and at one point a few years back somebody was like, Well, if you want trivia to come to Joppa Town so badly, you should just do it yourself. So for the last, oh, I don't know, coming up on three years, I've been oh, hosting been a, a few years. Yeah, I've been hosting a weekly trivia game at Town Grill and Pub here in Joppa Town. And um, truthfully, Rich, I got to be honest, like I well, first of all, that takes a ton of time for me to oh, write wow. trivia. And I haven't had a ton of time that has, you know, I have, just haven't had as much time as I did before the quarantine, ironically. Yeah. Um, nor have I had the motivation to write much trivia. In addition to all of those things, getting everybody on one Zoom call or something like that and having a 40-minute limit, or even if we were to find some other way or pay for a Zoom license or something like that, it already gives me a headache thinking about what that would look like. Um, Yeah, a lot more stressful. Right. But then on top of that, I get enough people who think that the better teams in trivia are cheating, or I get enough people who are saying that person over there is on his phone or her phone or whatever. And I hate dealing with that in person. Um, So I'm not, I don't want to deal with that online, but then the other thing too, and this kind of goes into what the churches are experiencing too. I've talked to some of my friends So not only do I host trivia on Sunday night, but I usually play trivia on Tuesday night and Thursday night with a group of friends. We're the Joppa Town Christian Church fighting communion wafers. And um, (laughs) so I've talked to a bunch of them and we, we miss trivia. But the reason that we get together for trivia, even the Sunday night trivia, is it's two components. The trivia is part of it, but it's actually the less important part of of what we get together for. We like being able to get together and talk to each other. And, you know, for me personally, I love when I write a question and somebody comes up to me and says, I'm the one who got this. Let me tell you why. It's because I actually went to Rome last summer and the tour guide told me what you just asked about or something like that. Like, I love when those kinds of things happen. Yeah. And I don't think that that would happen if I was just doing an online thing where people say, okay, hey, thanks for the game, leave meeting, and then it's over. That's good, yeah. Um, So I've just kind of been saying to people, it's okay to miss things because that gives us an opportunity to look forward to things when we get back to it. Yeah. Um, And, uh, you know, right now, that's kind of where we are. Now, what I will say is this. One of the girls who plays trivia... Um, she's one of my girlfriend's best friends. She had her birthday this past Monday and she had a zoom birthday party last Saturday. And one of the things she asked for was kind of a mini trivia game. And so I did write trivia for that. And, uh, she likes math. So Mm -hmm. like, she's a math whiz. So I made all of, so instead of making a a competitive trivia game, 
what I did was I made a collaborative trivia game with like really difficult trivia, but I ended up taking the trivia questions and all of the answers had numbers in them. So I, I may have asked about like three dog night. I didn't, but I could have. And that would have been the number three. And I gave uh, an equation, you know, for a set of five questions, I gave an equation where like, you take number one, multiply it by number two, then take that quantity and multiply number three and then subtract number four. And that equals number five. And so I made the questions really difficult, but you could also yeah. kind of go through and check your work and see like, no, 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 it can't be four because we need an odd number here. We got to get closer to this number that we know. So what is it that he's asking for? And it was it involved a lot of discussion and collaboration. That that was a lot of fun. And the fact that I have those questions written now, I do have the ability to possibly drop in on some teams that I've talked to and just say, hey, if you guys want to get your team together and you want to have a night of collaborative trivia, I'm happy to Zoom with you and we can go through it. And, you know, I might end up changing the format a little bit for teams that don't like math or you know, because it's it's hard. If if you don't know the number you're looking for, you might not get the the answer. But right, um, yeah, it's just been a lot of you know trying to trying to do what we can to to make things as normal as possible in a time that is anything but. Um, but the good thing is you're keeping busy. Yeah, and well, I think that's one of the things that helps helps people keep their sanity as well. Cause I know since this started, I've been, I've been busier than normal. Right. Um, and I haven't lost any more hair. <laughs> well, that's difficult to do, but <laughs> <laughs> I have got, I have gotten older and look older, but th thanks to you mentioning that, by the way, in the, uh, your one introduction that you sent to me. <laughs> Absolutely. Happy to do uh, it. Huh? I was like, man, my wife cracked up at that. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it, it is funny because some people really are sitting around with very little to do. And some people are loving it. Like there's a yeah. woman in my church. Her name's Heidi. She's an introvert. And she just tells me I'm living my best life. This is amazing. Like I love the excuse of not having to go and talk to people and just, you know, and she's ironically the person who's probably keeping in touch with more of our church people than anybody else. She's our introvert. She doesn't really even talk to people face to face at church most of the time, but she's been calling up and saying, is there anything I can pray about for you? Is there something that I can do? Um, how are you doing? And just checking in on people, which is really great. We have a group of seniors that's doing the same thing. They're, they're writing cards of encouragement to people. So some people are really loving this and then other people are just really hating this. Um, but the thing for me, for, from a church perspective too, is, you know, there's a lot of stuff in the Bible where we could pull out like, hey, whenever you're facing trials of any kind, consider it joy. We can say all of those things, but now we're actually going through some of these trials and people are not feeling joyous and people are not feeling connected. And, you know, people are really struggling. There have been people who have called me who have said, like, I'm scared. I don't know when this is going to be over and so on and so forth. And one of the things that I've been noticing is I've been trying to tell people, listen, the best thing I can tell you is what I haven't heard too many people saying, and it's been a shame, but the best thing I can tell you is I don't know when this is going to lift. I don't right. know what comes tomorrow. I even preached in a sermon. I said, we need to introduce these three words back into our lexicon. I don't know because as I get on Facebook or I get on you know, Twitter or something like that, people are speculating and they're causing a lot of fear and a lot of uncertainty based on yeah. really just, yeah, guesses at best. And yeah. um, the, the long and short of it is we just don't know how long this is going to last. And we need to kind of be okay with that. We, um, you're right. People have, have got to stop dri driving fear into other people. Right. And and that's one of the biggest problems. And but funny you mention it because one you know the one thing, and I don't want to say it scares me, but because of all this, the one thing that I I guess I'm more upset about more than anything 
the seniors because they may not have a graduation. Mm-hmm. You know, they can't enjoy their, well, prom's supposed, you know, they're, they're going to miss prom. Uh, we don't know what's going to go on with graduation. And you figure a lot of the students, actually, I think all the students still have stuff in the high schools and the, well, all the schools. And that's right. the only thing that you worry. And I guess I'm more worried about it now because of course my daughter's a senior. Right. You know, and these kids are going to miss out on it. But in the same, at the same time, even though they're going to, they may miss out on their graduation. It's going to be a graduating year that they'll never forget. And nobody will ever forget. Right. Yeah. And it's, it's hard to see people going through that. It's, it's also, you know, I I've thought the same thing, like you're going to be a group of seniors that everybody's going to remember. And you might even have like a senior prom themed, 10 year reunion or whatever it may be mm-hmm. just so you can get it back or whatever. But, um, at the same time, you know, I, I know people who are so heartbroken over that. Yeah. Um, I know people who are just thinking to themselves like, man, I really feel like I've been, I've been gypped of this huge cultural thing that I'm supposed to be going through my senior year of high school, making the underclassmen feel miserable going to my prom and, <laughs> going to senior awards assemblies and having scholarship dinners and stuff like that. And I think that, you know, it's what I've been telling people is it's absolutely okay to feel that way. There's not much you can do about it, but don't, don't let people tell you, Oh, you shouldn't feel that way or whatever. Just uh, the, what, the thing that I always tell people when they come to me with problems in church, a lot of times people will say like, well, I know I should feel this way because a Christian should feel this way. And, you know, the Bible's full of people who have reactions like anger at God or right. just doubt or fear or whatever. And a lot of times just giving people the permission to say, you know what, the way you feel is the way you feel. You don't need to apologize for the way you feel. Just don't let the way you feel lead you to act in such a way that you're going to need to apologize later. Um, I like that. And so one of the things I've been trying to encourage people is, hey, if, if you want to yell and scream about how you don't get a senior prom, call me. You can yell and scream about it. Hopefully you'll feel better after that. I can't give you a senior prom. There are some people who are trying to you know, have creative things, but it's just not going to be the same, I don't think. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, um, like you said, there are silver linings to these clouds and who knows, you know, I, I certainly don't think, um, that this kind of event is going to be forgotten. Oh, uh, I don't think so. Yeah. So that's, that's a benefit, I guess. Yeah. Um, we, one we of the things actually- that, okay. No, I was gonna say we we've actually been talking about that ideas for the graduation ceremony, and I well, I doubt very much they're gonna have people in a group because social distancing is still probably gonna be on, I would think. But one and some people don't like the idea of a virtual graduation because they want that diploma handed to them, so. Me and a couple other people have been talking, and one of the things I thought of, because a lot of the schools have, you know, the big porch or the big front in front of the doors with the roundabout for, you know, cars to drive up. Why not have the principal out there set up the loudspeaker system, people come into the parking lot, stay in their cars, drive through graduation. As you call somebody up, the car can drive up, the student can get out in their cap and if they can even get their cap and gowns, that's the other thing. Yeah. Get their get their you know, their diploma, turn around, you know, wave their body, get back in the car. But at the same time, somebody could be there, you know, videoing it for YouTube, Facebook Live, or whatever. So that way right. you get it's a combination of virtual, but they're still a crowd, but you're still social distancing. And just one of the things we've been talking about, it's you're seeing some people do that. I think somebody did that with, actually I saw a funeral where that happened. Uh, It was for a veteran and they had the casket out there and people were driving up. 
they would, you know, just drive by, stop. A lot of people were just saluting it and, you know, just different things. People, you got to think outside of the box of a lot of these things. Well, right. We always say that uh, necessity is the mother of invention. Um, And I think that that's, that sounds great. That's the kind of thing that would be, you know, encapsulated in time. People go back and they just look at pictures of drive-through graduations and, you know, uh, drive-in church services. My, uh, my girlfriend's dad is a pastor and he had a uh, drive-in Easter service just so people could kind of be together apart um, and, and that kind of thing. But, you know, one of the things that I've been trying to ready my church for is I've been saying, you know, whatever comes from this. And, and like I said, I, I do want to tell people I don't know. I mean, I don't know what comes from this, but I, I have told them. In fact, this past week I preached on um, this is not something that we're just going to go back to the way things were. No, Like the good old days that you may be remembering, they're gone. and you can remember them and that that you can think that they were good, but we, and I don't even think we should go back to them, you know, because there are a lot of things that are going on right now where I think a lot of people are saying, wow, I can spend more time with my family or, you know what? I didn't get a senior prom, but I'm going to have this memorable time or, you know, I might not be able to go to a senior prom, but I, I am going to make sure that I spend time with the people who really matter to me during this time. And we're going to have our own little celebration or whatever. I think a lot of priorities are coming to the surface and, you know, for churches, I I think that there's going to have to be some kind of online element uh, going forward. I think that there's going to have, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if zoom Bible studies kind of become the norm rather than the exception to the rule, yeah. uh, you know, so those kinds of things we're, we're just going to have to, I think the, the institutions, whether they be churches or schools or businesses or whatever, the things that survive are going to be the ones that can adapt to the changes that are going on right now. And also adapt to the changes that are going to happen because of what's going on right now um, and not try to revert back to something that has kind of irrevocably been changed. Yeah. Um, I, one of the, I asked a question on online. I'm going to probably do it again in the next week or so uh, just on Joppa town online community. I asked like, what's something that has changed now that you want to make sure we keep when this thing is over because we can no longer use the excuse. Well, we do it that way because that's the way it's always been done. Mm-hmm. Cause I think pretty much now we're at a point where anything that we used to do is not the way that we used to do it. So yeah. we now have at least two options. Um, let's see what we can take from this time to incorporate into whatever comes in the future. Uh, whether, you know, businesses, I think, are probably going to have a lot of people staying at home and working from home. Um, I, I'm surprised they haven't been doing that for years, <laughs> to be yeah. honest with you. Yeah. And it the thing is, well, when I was in the IT field, that's because um, we had contracts with the state and some uh, some big businesses. And that's one of the things we always pushed was to some of your employees should be set up to where you could, they can work from home because of what they do. There's no need for them to come to an office every day for the stuff that they do. And we try to explain to the business. Every time we sat down with them, we try to explain to the business owners, they're going to be more productive if they, if they're allowed to do that, which a majority of them are more productive that way. And you're cutting down on your overhead cost. And I think you a lot of businesses are going to realize this now you know, going through this and hopefully they do adapt that, you know, when everything gets back to the, I don't want to say the norm either, cause it's not going to be normal, you know, but when, when the pandemic's over, right. Uh, let's say, so yeah, we'll see. But that for me, you know, that raises questions of, okay, so if that happens, then you have, you're, you basically have a whole generation of workers who remembers the camaraderie of the office, the office party, the you know 
hanging out around the water cooler and you're not going to get that. So you're going to have a bunch of people who are basically slaves to a computer screen in some cases. Yeah. So what do you do for those people? So now those people, hey, you know what? You have an hour of every day back because you're not commuting to work. But now you don't have these other social aspects and, and that. Um, so what can churches do in that time to say, okay, you don't have the connection that you used to in your office. Is there a way that you can connect to people in your own community? What do you like to do? How do you like to serve people? How do you like to show, you know, the love of Christ to people or whatever it may be? And, you know, I think the worst thing that could happen is uh, we take, you know, let, let's just say a bunch of people have that happen where the job that they used to be commuting to back and forth every day, and let's just say it took an hour every day. So they have five hours a week that they don't have to commute anymore. So they have five more hours a week. And I am just terrified that people are going to invest those five hours in social media and watching television and things like that. Because, you know, maybe they would have been listening to podcasts or something like that. But like, aside from that, that's five hours of time that could be invested in something really beneficial for that person's family or that person's friend group or or whatever it may be. And I'm just afraid that, you know, it's been remarkable to see during this time of quarantine. And I understand we're bored. We don't have a whole lot to do. Um, We can't get together and we can't see each other and things like that. But during this time of quarantine, there have been so many businesses who, you know, corporations who have said, hey, watch this thing for free online or, hey, we're going to give you the ability to access this this stuff because you have time to do it and we're going to let you do it now, you know, whatever it may be. And I think it's good, you know, for for the circumstances that we're facing. But I really hope that after this is over, that we intentionally try to use our time and say, we need to be in each other's lives. We need to see each other face to face. We yeah. need to be humans instead of just, you know, putting ourselves in front of screens and just, uh, I don't know. See, one of the easy fixes for that, and this is, I guess, the entrepreneur coming out in me, but if, as a business owner, if I know somebody's got an extra five hours because they're working from home, I would give them a bonus if they could do, say, I don't know, five hours of community service each week and record it show us you know how you're doing five hours of community service or you know which yeah that community service could be with your church could be with an organization or whatever uh or five hours of family time but stuff that they have to prove of course to get that bonus and i think that would help with that yeah i I think that would be a pretty rare business that would do that. Um, you know, another, another fear that I could see is, Hey, you have five more hours, work five more hours. You know, I I think some, you know, some businesses would definitely do that. (laughs) Yeah. But I I just hope that, that people take this. I'm sure that there are people whose families are driving them crazy at this point. Um, But I can tell you, and, uh, you know, a lot of people listening to this may not know me, although if they've gotten this far and been this bored this whole time, they probably (laughs) do. Um, But a lot of people who may not know me know that I'm an only child. I'm pretty close to my parents. They live about an hour and a half away in Pennsylvania, and I can't see them right now. We probably would have gotten together for Easter. We probably would have gotten together, you know, at least one more time during this time just to get together and hang out. And, you know, the fact that we're not able to do that, um, I hope that people say like, ah, I really miss that social interaction. I really want to guard that and protect that and make sure that that becomes a a focus in my life because um, we're, I I don't think we were created to be independent, solitary beings. I think maybe some of us were, and, you know, some of us can go live in a monastery and, and worship God that way or something like that. But I think God created us for fellowship and togetherness. And um, I I just hope that as we come out of this, we, we need to do a very careful job 
of protecting the things that we learn during this time are, are important. Uh, I think this is a great time of, of pause and self-reflection and societal reflection. Um, one thing that I would love to see and one thing that I'm, I'm going to be asking my church to do when we get back is um, I want people to turn off certain things on social media. Um, you know, if I could, if I could make one change to society right now, it would be get rid of cable news and just watch, you know, if you want to watch the news, if you need to be informed, um, watch the network news, you know, NBC, CBS, ABC, something like that. Um, not, you know, not any cable, like not MSNBC, not Fox your news local, or anything yeah, like that. Your local news channels. Yeah. Watch your local news channel. Maybe you watch, you know, uh, Lester Holt or something like that at at t uh, six o'clock or whatever. But watch your local news, get informed, but don't try to inform people on Facebook. Don't try to scaremonger. Don't try to share things that are saying this is why another person's wrong or this is why this political party is bad or whatever. Because right. um, I don't think people are being uninformed i think they're being misinformed in many cases and i want to get to a point where we're saying you know what at a certain point the things that we're getting worried about are not things that are inside of our control what is inside of our control is our community the people that we're showing christ's love to the people that we're able to talk to, the people that we're able to commune with, the people that we're able to influence, the people, you know, I've had so many people who disagree vehemently with, you know, whatever stance or, I don't know, in the Christian community, one of the hot, bu hot button issues is homosexuality. Do you believe that homosexuality is a sin or not? And one of the questions I almost always ask people is, do you know somebody who's gay? Right. Like, have you ever sat down and talked to somebody who's gay? Because you can have whatever opinion and you can say, hey, the Bible says this and I, I'm going to agree with you. But if you haven't sat down and talked to somebody who's gay, you're not going to have an experience that you're not going to know what that's all about. You're just going to have this this amorphous idea in your head about what this, you know, this thing might be like. And. I would like to get to a point where we're not so quick to leap to conclusions and many of them wrong conclusions and um, not treat people like people and not experience right. life for what life is supposed to be. There are a lot of people uh, who have a lot of positions in, of influence and power, I think, who have a stake in making sure that people don't always have the, the right ideas about what's going on yeah um and i think that uh, again I, I think a lot of that is just turn off your screens turn off social media turn off the the news that's there to keep you watching the news and make sure that you're watching the commercials in between the news and you know just start living life you know hold your political uh representatives accountable Make sure you know what's going on. I mean, it's a it's a tall order. It's not something yeah. that we've really ever done. But I, I honestly think that our society would benefit from the fact that, you know, if we could all just start working together and unifying together, and and a lot of that comes from times of crises. Yeah. Um, you know that that September twelfth feeling when, for a few days, nobody was really, you know, everybody was neighbors. Everybody was together. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and one of the things I and I try to push this all the time, positivity. And I think one of the things people need to do is, you know, how when you're looking at something, you always weigh out the pros and the cons. Sure. People people need to do that with their life, but what they need to do is look at what's positive, what's negative, and you should always have more positivity in your life than negativity. And one of the things I stopped doing a few weeks ago, because I was constantly watching the news when this started. And finally, I said, you know what? No, I need to turn this off. And I stopped watching the news and started feeling better. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, that's that negative part I got out of my life. And it's it makes a big 
difference. Well, I mean, after all, one of the things they said now, um, uh, people that have hypertension are very at risk with this COVID-19. Well, what causes hypertension? Stress. stress. What causes stress? Negativity. Yeah. You know, sure. S- stop watching that stuff. So, but Adam, I want to thank you, but I- I'm going to put you on the spot here. Okay. <laughs> You're like, uh oh. Um, you know, all the times you you've been on the podcast with me and everything, and, and with everything we're going through now, if it's okay, I like to finish this episode up with, I guess you um saying a prayer for everybody if that's okay sure yeah i do that from time to time okay Uh, (laughs) (laughs) my my standard joke when i'm at uh, like holidays and stuff because i'm the preacher um you know it's it's been interesting dating a girl whose dad is a pastor but like in times past when i've gotten together with friends and stuff i'm always the default person to pray and I'm like, well, I am a professional, so it will cost you money. <laughs> um, but no, absolutely. I, you know, I guess because this is Hartford County living, I know I've talked a lot about Joppa Town, but like, I do want people to know that Joppa Town Christian Church and and myself, we're we're not just all about Joppa Town. We're just focusing on the community that God has given us, but. We are cheering on Edgewood and Aberdeen and Haverford Grace and Bel Air and. Forest Hill and Jarrettsville and Street and Falston and everybody all over the county and all over the state of Maryland. We're, you know, we're really trying to to just make sure that our link in the chain is strong. Um, mm-hmm. But that's not to the detriment of other links in the chain. And, um, uh, you know, I, I hope that we're all getting through this as well as we can. If there's anything that we can do, maybe from a distance as a community, to help other parts of the community we're, we're with them. So I'm not going to just pray for Joppa town, um, you know, with us both being in Joppa town so often uh, it's easy for us to focus on Joppa town, but this will, this will be for all of Harford County and probably beyond. So sure. Let's pray. Uh, Dear Lord, you are the God over everything. And I know a lot of people are really questioning whether or not uh, you are truly good because there is a very terrifying threat that's going on in our world right now. There's a lot of confusion. A lot of people are, are facing a loss of jobs, a loss of financial security, a loss of hope in many cases. Other people are, are missing their therapists who have been laid off. People are missing their, their favorite restaurants that they can't go to. A lot of people are missing their friends that they can't see. Lord, it's a confusing and, and just terrifying time. But Lord, I, I trust you. I, I listened to a sermon this week uh, where somebody said that worry is just trusting things other than God, putting trust in things other than God. And Lord, I, I really pray that we can put our trust in you, that you, a God who has seen people through other plagues and pestilence over time, you've seen societies get out of that and get stronger. You've seen things become blessed out of out of trial you've seen joy come out of times of great fear lord you've authored so many of those things and i pray right now that our community our county our society can be facing a time where we reprioritize where we've gotten so far away from the things that actually matter we've delved so far into the things that are negative lord i pray that we turn to you to something that's sure to something that is manageable to something that is something that we can actually cling to rather than the the waves that we allow ourselves to be tossed by. Lord, you are a God that is so good. And I pray that people see, even in a time of trouble, that you are good, that you are for them, that your church, that the people who who know you and love you and, and represent you on this earth are people who are for them and want to serve them and care about them and meet their needs. Lord, I pray that people would come to a better knowledge of what it means to be a good neighbor, to love your neighbor, and to spend time with each other, to to encourage one another and what community can bring. Lord, I know it's counterintuitive during this time that nobody's particularly happy with our circumstances, that seniors aren't going to their proms, and that people aren't able to 
to just do whatever they want and have freedom of movement. I know it's, it's so weird to be able to say this, but Lord, I'm thankful that you've given us a time to be able to, to really just step back from the, the humdrum that life had become and take a look at our circumstances and say, you know what? Maybe the way that things have always been done isn't the way that we want things to continue from here on. And I just pray that you guide us into a bright future, rid of COVID-19, rid of the fears, but with so, so much good that comes from this time. Lord, I pray that blessing over us and all of Harper County and all of Maryland and beyond. And Lord, I thank you. I love you. And I just pray for your blessing over this time and especially over the future. It's in the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Amen. Adam, thanks a lot. That, that, man, that felt good. That, well, I appreciate- that really felt good. <laughs> well, I'm glad. Wow. I'm I'm really glad to, to be able to hang out with you and hop on. And, you know, I'm sure we'll be co-hosting together soon. And I'll get to call you old again. And oh, hopefully I'll get to see wow, all the hair that you haven't lost because you didn't have that much to lose anyway. Thanks a lot, Adam. I want to thank Adam again for coming on the show and, you know, telling us how he's, his church is coping with all of this. And hopefully everything will reopen soon so we can get back to doing trivia night. You all have heard me talk about buymeacoffee.com. And I'm still asking everybody to go there just to buy me a coffee. BuyMeACoffee.com forward slash Harco Living and the link's down in the show notes. And I want to thank Debbie, who is now a member, and Karen Harrison, and of course Alicia Hamilton have all bought me coffees and I want to thank them. And again, you can go on there to BuyMeACoffee.com forward slash Harco Living and buy me a coffee. You know, $3 or $5, you can do it one time, you can do it monthly, you can do it annually. It's up to you.